Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches through God's Word. For a good long while. Jesus sets them up in a good way. Who do people say that I am? Well, some say this, some say, well, who do you say that I am? That's a great question. Who do you say that he is? Who do you say that he is? Your neighbors aren't sure what they believe about Jesus, more than likely. And he has deliberately put you in place to be his witness. But who do you say that he is? As Christians, it can be easy to get lost in the day-to-day of life and lose focus of the bigger picture. Pastor Robert brings up a thought-provoking question today to help remind us to reset our focus. There are people in your life whom God placed specifically because he knew you would be the perfect person to bring them to Christ. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Matthew chapter 16 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. people like King Herod, if you remember King Herod had, you know, he was somewhat freaked out because he had murdered John the Baptist, had him executed. When he started hearing about Jesus, his first thought was that John the Baptist had come back from the dead. Well, apparently some people agreed with that. Some people thought, makes sense to us. I mean, we don't know what's up with this guy. We don't know who he is. Some people said he was Elijah. Why would they say he was Elijah? Because Malachi, the prophet, had predicted that Elijah would come before Messiah. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 says, Behold, I will send you, Elijah the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. So some people said, it's got to be Elijah, because Elijah has to come before the Messiah. Elijah hasn't come, so... Can't be the Messiah, must be Elijah. Other people said, we don't know who this guy is. Maybe he's Jeremiah back from the dead. Maybe he's one of the other prophets come back. See, the the average person just really wasn't quite sure what to make of Jesus. The average person is not quite sure what to do with Jesus, even now. Now, back then, they, they had seen the miracles. Do you understand? The people he's asking, he's asking his disciples, the people that you interact with, the people who were aware of, of what Jesus was doing, people who had seen the miracles for themselves, who do they say that I am? And they gave their answer. There's all kinds of confusion about who you are. So Jesus asked them another question. Who do you say that I am? Now, 
This is one of those, you know, we know this passage. Most of us, we've read this over and over and over. We know this passage of the Bible, right? But let the significance of this really hit you. By this time, these men had been with Jesus for a while, right? They've been following him around. He's been teaching them. They've been camping out in the desert together. They've been staying at Peter's house in Capernaum. We, you know, we don't know all the details. We just know they've been with him for a good long while. Jesus sets them up in a good way. Who do people say that I am? Well, some say this, some say, but who do you say that I am? That's a great question. Who do you say that he is? Who do you say that he is? Your neighbors aren't sure what they believe about Jesus, more than likely. And he has deliberately put you in place to be his witness. But who do you say that he is? What is your testimony? And before you tune me out, thinking that you've got him all figured out, you're clear on it, it's like, why? We know who he is. Well, Peter thought he knew, too. You may say he's the Christ. You may say he's, he's my Lord and Savior. What, what do you mean by that? Because I can tell you, I sure got it wrong for a long, long time. And as I've said so many times before, I'd be willing to bet I'm not 100% accurate yet because I'm still human. Peter answered, you're the Messiah. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Do you understand that was a profound statement? That would have been considered by the Pharisees a blasphemous statement. The Son of the living God. And Peter got it right, but, but Peter, see, he was only partially right because he only partially understood the revelation he'd been given. We know that to be true because he immediately attempted to rebuke Jesus and correct Jesus' way of thinking about the, the messianic mission, right? You know, one minute he's telling Peter, blessed are you. And the next one he's saying to him, get behind me, Satan. Your mind is on the things of men, not on the things of God. But I want to I focus on what Peter got right. I want to focus on that today. Verse 16 tells us, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, look at this, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Wouldn't that be cool? Blessed are you. I mean, for Jesus, for Jesus himself to look at you and say, Blessed are you, Rick, Tim, Robert. Blessed are you, Peter. Blessed are you, Simon, Barjona. For flesh and blood is not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. You didn't figure this out on your own. Nobody has told you this. This is supernatural revelation from my Father in heaven. And, verse 18, I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, see, I wonder, how did this all happen? You know, he's... They've deliberately traveled to Caesarea Philippi. Jesus has gathered them together. Who do men say that I am? Well, this, this, this. Who do you say that I am? Is that the moment the lightning struck for Peter? Is that the moment when he just knew? When it all clicked, it all came together? Is that the moment? Or had he been thinking this for a while and just, you know, maybe he'd been afraid to say it out loud. And now Jesus asked the question and he blurts it out. Whatever the case, he spoke up. 
You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus blessed him. Since Luther and the Protestant Reformation, commentators have downplayed the significance of Peter and, and this affirmation by Jesus. And I've heard all kinds of explanations for it, none of which actually made sense to me when I read the text. When I study it for myself, when I look at it and dig into it, it's like, I don't know, it just seems like to me... You, so many of the commentators are, are just trying to come up with something to downplay the role of Peter. Why? I think it's an overreaction to the so-called doctrine of apostolic succession, that if Peter didn't lay hands on somebody who later laid hands on somebody who later laid hands on somebody who laid hands on you, then you can't possibly teach the Bible, preach the Word, represent God in any way in our world. That's not biblical. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's actually not in the Bible. I had a guy tell me, it was funny because I remember when we made the decision to start the church, there was no English-speaking church in the city of Miami Beach teaching the Bible. So some people got excited. There's going to be a church in South Beach where we can go and worship and study the Bible. And so there's, there's one guy in the, in the little small group that he was super excited about it. So he takes me to this friend of his, he was a restaurant manager. He wants me to meet this guy because he said, he's like, this guy's a Christian. He's going to be so excited. So I went with him and he's like, man, you're not going to believe this. This guy, they're going to be starting a church in South Beach. And, and this young man looks at me and he says, you're going to start a church? And I said, yeah. Who told you you could start a church? And I said, well, my pastor, you know, they, I went to them, and who is your pastor anyway? And he starts grilling me because he's part of an Orthodox church. And so my pastor didn't have the pedigree, couldn't trace his line back to Peter. So I was disqualified, as far as this guy was concerned, from starting anything. Do you understand? That's not in the Bible. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. Thanks for joining us today for Main Thing Radio. Pastor Robert will have more to share from this study of Jesus' life from Matthew's perspective next time. For now, though, you can explore more of Pastor Robert's teachings online at MainThingRadio.com. You're invited to join us at Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach on Sundays for our weekly services. We gather at 9 and 11 a.m. and at 1 and 6 p.m. for worship and Bible study. If you're not able to join us in person, we still would love to have you be part of our church family. Join us online for each service. We'll be live streaming on our church website. You'll find out more and be able to connect at MainThingRadio.com. Just click on About to find a link to our church homepage. We offer Spanish translation at some of our services as well. Visit our website to learn more. We'll also be streaming on Facebook Live. Just search for Calvary Miami Beach and be sure to like our page for the latest updates. We also invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search for Calvary Miami Beach. We'd love to hear from you too. 
give us a call at 305 531 2730. That number again is 305 531 2730. That's all for today. Tune in next time for more from the Book of Matthew, right here on Main Thing Radio.